Now, this week, he got some bad news because he got fired by, uh, sorry, he resigned, his official term is he resigned, from the uh, Frontier Services Group. This is the company he founded and which the Chinese basically back him. Billions of billions of dollars have been fed, fed into his organization. And they do all sorts of really shady stuff around the world. One of the things they do is resources in Africa, flying things and, and resources and security in Africa. But they also do some of the Uyghur camps, concentration camp builds. So they really find people. Um, and they're normally okay with most things, it seems like, um, at the FSG, except this week something turned sour and, uh, and off Eric Prince went into the sunset. So this is the timeline of events. Um, March 8th, the United Nations panel releases a report about what they were investigating, which is a giant uh, attempt to overthrow the United Nations government in Libya uh, and replace them with a warlord called Khalifa Haftar. And then on March 10th, the current CEO of FSG resigns. That's two days after the UN panel releases their report. And then on April 13th, just the other day, Eric Prince resigns. Now, all of this might not seem connected, except it really is when you start reading the report. And it gets really, really fascinating because, you know, um, Eric Prince has two bosses. These are his two bosses. There's Chang Zingming, who's the chair of the Frontier Services Group, who's a very good friend of President Xi. And uh, on the other side, on his other shoulder, Mohammed bin Zayed, the crown prince of the UAE. And basically... Uh, he does services for both of these leaders and most of these countries in at the same time. Now, in this particular instance, as he headed into Libya, well, he didn't head into Libya. His mercenaries headed into Libya. He, he went there on behalf of uh, the crown prince. The prince uh, of the UAE decides that he wants to overthrow the government in Libya because, of course, they want the oil and they've always wanted the oil. And so the Khalifa Haftar is the, uh, is the warlord that's backed by Russia and backed by the UAE. And... They thought, well, they'll just send their mercenaries in to support an overthrow of the Libyan government uh, by Haftar, and they'll install Haftar as the leader, and then they'll have control of all the oil and solve all these problems that they might be having in Libya. So they call Eric Prince. Eric Prince calls his buddy, uh, Christian Durant. You're missing the CH. He's a mercenary. I think he's from South Africa or somewhere around there. Uh, and he and Eric Prince do all sorts of clandestine things together sort of as a, as a side team. They don't do it directly for either of these companies when they do their little, um, when they do their things. But when it came to Libya, it was Lancaster Six that they landed up hiring to do the attempted overthrow of the UN government yeah. in Libya. And that's where we pick up the story. So Greg Smith, who many of you have met on the show before, you two certainly have, um, was interviewed by me and Eric when Eric Garland was still on the show. Was Eric Prince involved in this thing? It's not plausible that Eric Prince doesn't control Lancaster Six. He's gonna claim he doesn't. His attorneys, Vince Gordon in the UAE is gonna claim he doesn't. His attorneys here in the US will claim he has nothing to do with it. But what Eric does is pretty simple. He takes a company and you have to ask three questions. The first question is, Eric, do you own that business? And he'll say, no, I don't own it. Okay, so you don't own the equity of it. Eric, do you have any financial interest in that company? I.e., do you own all the debt? Do they owe you a bunch of money? So even though you don't own the equity, do you control it? And you say, no, I don't know. I don't have that either. Okay, so then the third question that a smart investigator needs to ask is, have you gained any type of benefit? <laughs> And as it turns out, you know, maybe he was gaining some benefits because when you look at the actual report, it goes into great detail about one specific plane. They had this uh, military plane and it looks like uh, this. And so it oh, was there. owned. 
at the time of the attempted overthrow of the Libyan government by the Frontier Services Group, the same group that uh, Eric Prince works for in China, which means here's the Chinese government discovering that one of the planes associated with them is involved in an attempted coup in Libya. And there it is in black and white all the way through the United Nations panel report, which cites uh, Prince and Durant and everybody else for um, uh, you know breaking the embargo that uh, they have against any arms entering Libya. So clearly Eric Prince and company are in deep, deep trouble there. Prince might actually be sanctioned to a tremendous amount over this. And in the report, they go through a lot of detail about how this plane hadn't transferred ownership until well after the event on July 22nd, when in fact it was being operated in June, when it was still owned by FSG. And Oops. Oops, is exactly right. Now, they also have a very nicely quoted in the report uh, of Greg uh, talking on the show, one of the, one of the quotes you, saw, you heard there. And I was just interested by the fact that we had, had we titled the whole thing Bankrolled by Beijing, which wasn't at all what they would have been investigating, but um, it was because we, we did two stories. We did a story about Eric Prince being bankrolled by Beijing, and then we did a story about him being involved in Libya, but it was all under the headline of bankrolled by Beijing. This is Prince's uh, resignation note, or uh, you know, leaving the company uh, note. And then over here, which you can't really read now, is the former CEO who resigned on March 8th. So again, to show you the, the way this all lined up, on March 8th, the final UN uh, panel releases their report. March 10th, the CEO resigns two days afterwards. You can see how there's a very likely connection there. And then on April 13th, Eric Prince finally is forced to leave his company that he's been with for a very long time and has been funded to, to the tune of billions of dollars by, uh, by the Chinese government. And Eric Prince is forced to resign. And that is how Eric Prince had a very, very bad week. And this is before he even faces sanctions from the United Nations, um, finding him guilty of, uh, of breaking that embargo. So it's actually kind of big news because Eric Prince needs that company, and he needs their money for sure. Did you wait? Did you show the thing that you're mentioned in the, in the UN report? Or? I, I didn't show the actual uh, paragraph. I just uh, spoke about it, but it is in there. It is in there. It's very nice. I, I just want to say that's really cool, Zev. I, I yeah. was actually pretty pleased about that too. I was. I was well, with yeah. all the things that I would like to have happened in the last four years, maybe Eric Prince leaving his job would have been among the highest. Uh, yeah. So. I mean, you know, it's not bad to be somehow involved in that. And uh, and uh, Greg Greg has been very forthcoming with a lot of information. So I'm glad That's they right. I'm glad they cited us, and uh, I'm glad he's out of his job because they were doing a lot of bad things. Now we might find out less about what they're doing, but you know, when it comes to it's, the concentration camps in the Uyghur region, uh, it's right. not you know, it's kind of untenable what he's been up to. He, he's unbelievable scumbag, yeah. but yeah. I, it, it's it's like epic epic and he still can't even those pictures you're showing he can't make his clothes fit him right i i i i, I know that feels so petty but something's hap going on with that person that human being um that's off really off uh so it's it, it i don't trust that even though he's officially out of frontier that there isn't some shadow company that it all got transferred oh, over into yeah. let's find that up you know that's what this guy does. He does do shell games with his companies and and uh, uh, you know Mr. Logistics uh, or are you a mercenary or are you shipping goods and it's all this mess. Uh, I also am curious whether because of the UN report and because we do have a very different Treasury head of the Treasury now and a very different um, administration in that whether something kind of trickled over to China of like look 
something's going on here with us and this guy, Eric Prince. You might not want to be You're stuck in, in the middle of. Yeah. I'm sure that's yeah, what you might, you might Just give you a little heads up about this guy, Eric Prince. I wonder if... I don't know. I, There's probably I a very long list of, the, of things that the Beijing and Washington have to talk about. The last thing they want is another yeah. thing on top of it. You know, to now deal with yeah. Eric Prince in Libya is not really their core business. So I'm sure they have other yeah. issues that rather trade on. So for sure, I think that that would have happened yeah. diplomatically. Does he still live in UAE? He still you lives know? in UAE, and he still because gets- we just didn't Biden announced this week that they were going to go through with the arms thing. With- oh, really? Right. That's uh-huh. interesting. That's interesting. And I wonder that's also something to think about. Like it that's, is something interesting. I have uh, not even heard that. There's no extradition, but yeah, we'll, we'll give you the arms deal. But say goodbye, to Eric. I don't think Biden has had an official conversation with a UAE crown prince yet. As far as I'm aware, it hasn't happened. I mean, I think that that guy's the biggest challenge they have. So if they've been able to turn him by giving him the weapons, that's yeah. interesting. He's deep in a lot of stuff, and uh, and not just with us, uh, and a history with us, and uh, uh, our allies. It, he's he's a he's a tricky guy. So mm. it's going to be interesting how we handle him, it, it, as opposed to the bone side, the the Muhammad bone side guy. You know, he's just this is just a a gross son of a of a king who clearly is not all there anymore and very aged, but. Perhaps he can be replaced, or perhaps he can be put in his place because there is still a king and a monarch. This MBZ is is a little trickier. Yeah, I think MBS is. is is fairly timid actually when it comes right down to it. But MBZ actually has big big aspirations to you know, you know rule yeah. the world through through the fist. So uh, you know they're very different. I think MBZ has MBS under his under his control or at least influence. Okay. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Um, that was good news. That was nice to hear this week. Yeah. I mean, no one wants to wish tough. anything bad on anyone, but, you know, Eric Prince should not be working for the Chinese. Yeah, what the hell was he doing working for the but, Chinese and the Trump campaign at the same time? That's not okay. Yeah. And also, yeah. like, who who decides to overthrow the government in Libya just as, a, as their job? Like, I can't even get my kids to take out the trash. He's trying to, like, overthrow a government. And, and he does it with, like, these two shitty like, planes and, like, five guys who get stuck do, on, a, like, on a boat and then they, they get stranded, they get sent away, their cover story sucks. It's like, it's just one of these awful stories of, like, a, you know, mission gone bad. And for what reason? Yeah. Pathetic and crumpled and ill-fitting and amateurish as his outfits. Right. It, it, it's not... It's like this is not this is not a, a master of the universe, right? No. Uh, something's really off with him. Uh, it, it, I'm telling you, he's worth four billion dollars. I mean, I've, what would you need all that money for? I mean, it seems insane. You need to go and then run operations. Overthrow. I think he watched the, the, I think think so. he watched the James I, Bond yes. movies, the James Bond yes. movies, Holler, and was like, I want to be that villain guy. And he doesn't like understand yeah. that the villain guy winds up getting thrown into the volcano at the end of the movie right. or whatever, right? Or, or sucked out of the airplane or, you know, whatever. Well, also, he was also laughed thing. at as a Marine, right? Wasn't he in the Marine Corps for a little bit there? But he wasn't really. He sort of fakes his whole uh, career there and sort of people laugh at him. He's, he's a bit of a joke in the military world. Like, no one really wants to work with him. Um, so I think he's constantly asserting his manhood somehow through all these little projects that he has and uh, through his affinities is. for all these rich men but it's you know it's like I, it's really not turning out well after you know you should have given should have given up by now <laughs> absolutely yeah. um yeah yeah 100%. they have retreats for that kind of thing i think um hey what um, about maria butina butina 
I don't know. He's, what about Butina. her? I don't know. I, I, was, I was asked to throw up some pictures of Maria Butina, and I'm not sure which uh, which Maria I, you wanting um, as a as a picture here. I don't know. I, I I felt like we have to. There's so much going on in the news. Mike Pence got a pacemaker installed. I feel like you know the late night writers are up late trying to come up with a. You know, want this this Butina, or do you want uh, this Butina? Any Butina is fine. Look at this Butina, the sad and lo- forlorn one when she's in prison, or go with the first one. There's a prison gun. one. No, there's a good prison one. That's uh, hardcore. I, I, I like know. the hardcore. Mer- I don't have that I one. Like the only other two I've got is is her as Pippi Longstockings, and then oh, she's that one. That was, is that torsion? Is that is that that's torsion yeah. on the other side? That's, Let me leave, leave, that, yeah. leave that one. That, that's the uh, one we want. I want okay. to talk about. You know, again, we know that the quarantine is coming to an end, and the way that we know is that the United States is once again mass shooting, um, you know, making up for lost time with the goddamn mass shootings. And I don't want to make light of this because it's obviously a horrible tragedy, but it's so fucking avoidable, and everybody in the country knows how to avoid part of it, which is banning the damn AR-15s and the assault weapons, right? 90 some odd percent of Americans want this to happen. So why hasn't it happened? Obama tried. He, he really, he's not a guy that is emotional and Obama got emotional trying to make this work and was unable to make it work. The stranglehold that's being placed on this is from the Republican senators, especially. That's Mitch McConnell who won't let them vote on any of these bills. So every time there's a shooting, understand the NRA which is funded by tor- in part by torsion, infiltrated by torsion and Maria Butina, these Russian operatives. Alexander Torsion is one of Putin's buddies. He's a guy who, as Aaron Harris explained on the Prevail podcast last week when we talked about volume five, Torsion was the, the, the Russian politician or minister, whatever he was, who presided over the sham investigation into the thing that happened in Russia when the the Chechen Chechen separatists seized the school, yeah, and then the Russian the Russian military came in, and then there there was a standoff, and then suddenly the Russians were like, "Fuck it, we're going to kill everybody," and he whitewashed that thing to make it seem like it was the, the Chechens that were were uh, responsible when it was the Russians. Mm. Torshin did that. That was Torshin's doing. Nice he guy. whitewashed this thing. Then he went to Spain and was laundering money for whatever the the, the Russian uh, crime. Yeah, Mijas. Yeah. For yeah. Mijas. Yeah, he, he was. He's, he was a, he's, a major, he's a major gangster. It's not a joke, okay. guys. This guy's. He's. Yeah. This is who he is. This motherfucker, okay? Yeah. Friends with Mar- Mar- uh, Blackburn, the Tennessee lady, the senator. Mm. Yeah. Marsha. Hobnobbed with all these people, okay? His friends flew from Russia to wherever it was, I forget where to hang out with the president of the NRA at his birthday party, stayed for two hours, got back in a plane, went back to Russia. That's torsion. That's the influence that they have over the NRA. So every time there's a shooting like this, you have to ask yourself, who wants these weapons on the street? Who wants no regulations on this? Mm. It's not normal people. It's not even people, normal rank and file people in the NRA. It is the politicians who are owned by the torsion-influenced, Russian-influenced NRA. That's who it is. It's Mitch McConnell and these NRA people, okay? And who benefits when there's a mass shooting in the United States globally? Putin. That's who benefits. Vladimir Putin benefits because it makes us look like losers, like we can't regulate our own stuff, like we can't get out of our own way. It makes us look weak 
and inept, and we are not weak and inept. And violent, so, and, and, and violent, violent. And, hypocritical, and hypocritical, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay? Yeah. So the answer to yep. the, the shootings, not the police shootings, that's its own thing, which is also horrible yep. what happened this week, but the mass shootings with these assault weapons, Mitch McConnell is responsible. The Republican senators are responsible. So every time there's a shooting, that is more blood on their hands. And I don't know what's got to happen with this filibuster or whatever these fuckheads are with this. But how many goddamn people have to die? Okay? I don't know. But I hope what happens is that they come down that that uh, what's um, the, the AG, the new AG, Merrick Garland, comes down. All we have to do to get rid of this, this um, thing is arrest some senators who are involved with the insurrection. Maybe if we arrest Hawley and we arrest Ted Cruz, then we'll have a little more leeway with these two people, right? Okay, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. I don't know what will happen, but I'm telling you, blue states are more populous, we have more people, a lot more people, we have a lot more money, we're the economic fucking driver of the country and the whole goddamn fucking world, and we can't figure out a way to take power away from this evil minority as you said before, Zev, criminal organization that has infiltrated one of our two political parties. I don't know. I don't know what needs to be done, but we have to figure this out. It's it's. We have the Senate. What I'm freaking out. I can't believe. What the fuck? Bring the bills to the floor. What? How is Mitch McConnell still in control? You don't need no. You don't need. You can bring bills to the floor. The Senate Majority Leader can bring bills to. I don't know. There has to be a solution. There's more of us. There's millions and millions more of us. Okay. These guys are just. They're the slave states. They're the vestiges of the slave states. These guys are are Senator Hammond in 1858 or whatever it was, doing the mudsill theory, arguing that the Southern states are better because they at least acknowledge that they have slaves and the northern states just keep wage slaves. That's who they are. They're the, they're the, 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 um, the, the um, antecedents or the, what's the word I'm looking for? The outgrowth of that, yeah. the descendants of descendants. that. They are fucking evil and they're allowing this to happen. And I don't know what needs to happen to, to do it. I don't know if we need want- to- Right. Here's, here's the big narrative that ties it all back to the beginning of where this show started, okay? Look at what, look at Georgia. Uh, the Republican Party is very clear now and very forthright with the fact that it is done with representative democracy. It's done with it. It doesn't believe it in, it doesn't want it anymore. It knows, it fears the changing demographics. They're saying it out loud now. They're starting their own white supremacist groups and committees and that you have, you know, their propagandists keep pushing for this. They're just going all in on, we've got to get rid of democracy. That's their thing. They're trying to end democracy because they know they're a dead dying party in terms of representative democracy, in terms of voting public. They know this. They see that they what you had 20 years ago or 15 years ago at least, we had, uh, uh, what was his name? Bill O'Reilly. You had Rush Limbaugh pushing because they could see, they could see the demographic change and they were like going all in on that and fear mongering and doing all this. And now we have today uh, state legislatures going in and saying, if we don't like that in Republican states saying, 
passing laws, passing election laws that basically say if we don't like the way that the that the voters voted, that the state legislature has it has the the right to throw it all out and just choose who's going to be right to do this thing that Donald Trump was on the phone with the Georgia and on the phone. I think we'll find out with Pennsylvania muscling, muscling people's like, just throw, just find the votes you need, or just throw those votes out. You know, it's all the, this whole thing. They're done with it. They're done with it. That's what the insurrection was. They are fucking done with democracy. The Republicans are, it is in their way now of their power. So they want it gone. That's why they installed a Kremlin asset as a fucking president in 2016. They could have stopped that. They could have. They knew who they he did. was. They wanted that. That's what they did. That's what they, they were in favor it. of that. They installed him. The thing because is, because they you want know, it to end. The, the, the left can do the same stuff. End. They just choose not to. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's a inherent... Um, Respect. I don't know what it is. It's not respect, but we sort of accept that they somehow have a position of uh, of authority in this country. Um, all these, you know, r- racist Republicans. Somehow they have authority uh, because I don't know. They said they were here first. The reality of it is, you know, everyone has an equal vote. And if Republicans, if Democrats, Democrats wanted to start infringing on on um, on white people's rights to vote, and then they could do the same thing, you know, or of certainly of um, of right-wingers' right to vote, they could do the same thing. We just choose not to because we sort of believe that there's a um, an acceptable way, acceptable path, an acceptable rule of law, and a constitution we okay. want to follow. But we don't have to do that. But there is a deference that well, we provide them, which sort of lets them get away a- with this crap. Like, they shouldn't be allowed to get away, away with this. They shouldn't be allowed to get away with Georgia. They shouldn't be allowed to get away with the insurrection. They shouldn't be allowed to, but they're going to get away with all of it. Okay, so that's the key, not not doing the dirty planning, right? The key is if if we don't, with this new administration and with this new leadership in the Justice Department, if there is no either will for the for the laws of our nation and priority of the laws of our nation that no one's above the law and there's no political will coming out of the administration or in the in the Congress or the Senate for those elected Democratic leaders chicken the fuck out and pressure and say no we can't go you can't you can't arrest holly right or you can't we can't prosecute these crimes or you can't prosecute the former a former president for let's even talk about the covid deaths Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. that we can't bring that we cannot bring these criminals to account even though we have the gun the bullet the body that we have all the evidence and all the crime that somehow that it's a political thing uh, and not a justice thing, and that we're going to, and we behave that way as a nation. Our leadership now be, is does not have the courage to bring these these fucking criminals to justice for what they're doing. Then that is the seeding of our democracy. That Absolutely. that means that's the giving up of it. It really, and if if the people in power can't understand that those are the stakes, that those are the real stakes. We are not through this we are not through the eye of the needle of this yet if these if these this party this republican party as it is right now not looking back and being nostalgic about it but for what it is right now in this moment this fascistic party that's authoritarian that wants to do away with democracy that's trying to dismantle it that's literally trying to write laws on a state level to throw out the votes of black americans that's what they're doing Let's not let's not dance around this, right? They're going back. 
Mm-hmm. They're going back into the days where it's like w- women and, and black, like they're going for it. They're mm-hmm. going regressive in that way. If that party is allowed to gain back its power in the House and the Senate and have its majority, it is game over. I'm not trying to be catastrophic and Debbie, whatever. For a while, and for a while. it would be game over. And There's despair. no doubt about it. We have to fight. We have to keep getting in there. We have to win these elections and we have to pressure our leadership to actually prosecute these individuals and this party for the crimes that they committed against us for almost five years. You know what would be really popular amongst the most Americans is if the Democrats became the law and order party. And if they insisted that law and order be inflicted on these criminal just uh, uh, Republican Party leaders, because that's really what needs to happen. They're not there's no one standing up for law and order anymore. Nobody's doing it. And we really need Democrats to start doing it. And it will be a very popular position uh, in them for this for the you know, for centrist um, Americans who care about real law and order, not the kind that might be meted out by the police. In these rule terrible of ways. law, you can but say rule that. Of law. Rule, rule of law. law is a better way of saying it. You know, we really need someone to stand up for that. And so all Americans are in favor of that. Most Americans are in favor of that. And we've allowed this criminal party to just sort of, you know, take control of, of so many of our states to the point where they're holding everyone else hostage. Yeah. Um, just a quick point. It's now... 8.07 p.m., April 16th, 2021. And I look forward to joining you guys on April 16th in 2026 when Rachel Maddow announces live on air that the Republican Party is actually working to undermine democracy. I'm really excited for this. <laughs> Fucking catch up, media. I'll be there. I'll, it's, I know. I, but look, it's, you know uh, they're better than most, so you can't really take hits on them. But yeah. They're better than most. I took my hit. I took my swing tonight. I do, But it is important to kind of understand uh, the corporatization of news is not working for democracy, mm. it, and it's not even a passive, irrelevant thing. It's actually part of the attack on democracy. And uh, why do you think those it, networks it, are worth so much? Why do you think so many investors oh. buy those networks? They're worth it because they have a lot of influence, and they can put up whatever they, they want do. in the supper hour news and in the morning news. And that's what they are able to, you know, wield against Americans. And it's really important for everyone to grasp that 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 news, when it comes to cable, and when it comes to broadcast, that those are entertainment companies. I know that the that the journalists on it they would consider this so offensive that I'm saying this, but they are underneath the entertainment studios, which are underneath the bigger corporate overlords. So they are part. They are part in all cases, they are part of content. Mm -hmm. They are content deliverers. They have agents that are the same talent agents as actors and actresses. (laughs) They have, it's all part of one studio system machine now. And uh, it's that, that sort of that holy ground, that sacred ground that used to be where the newsrooms were kept out of all of that, right? It's not the case anymore. It's about monetizing that content for the advertisers and making sure that it's entertaining and it's produced in a tight manner. It's not, that is the priority. Um, And everyone defers to the attorneys. um, And this is happening in print as well. And the attorneys are now in there on behalf of the corporate 
ownerships uh, determining whether people want to believe what I'm saying or not. It is happening. You can talk. To oh, I can tell you 100. percent That's the way those newsrooms work. I've been there. That's what they do. They can't get it past the corporate attorneys. So where attorneys and newsrooms used to be about, you guys do whatever you're going to do, mm. and we will be there to fight and protect your right to do the stories that you feel that you have to do. We'll fight for you in the court because this is part of a constitutionally protected yeah. um, job and institution, right? The fourth estate. They now are in front of the stories. They're in front of everything. So that if you have someone like a Kellyanne Conway picking up the phone and screaming at the head of business affairs, as screaming at the at the programmers, screaming at the head of the network, you can't do this, you can't play this, blah, blah, blah. We're gonna sue you, we're gonna that. That makes everybody go, oh, right? They back off. And next thing you know, you're not getting the 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 gun, the bullet, the body, the forensics, the confession. Because exactly. everyone keeps their jobs and they're, you know, they're makeup people. The uh, the interesting thing for me is that the these licenses <laughs> on which they broadcast, you know, these they, they don't own the, the channels. They license the channels from the people. Right. People that's own only, the airwaves, the, all the local it, stations, it, all the local stations. Think, do they even... But, does that even exist anymore? Because yeah, yeah, the local stations are still the main stations, and then they have also though? the other the, the other cable stations next to them. That's a lot of money comes out of those local stations. People still watch those stations, and they're the main yeah. part of the networks. But all of those licenses are not um, are not you know they're not owned by the by the networks themselves or by the station owners. They're given to them by the people for doing the job that we're describing, giving us. You know, independent, smart, uh, and, and responsible public news. So that's why they have these licenses. They're just breaking them. So I think there's a real argument, and I think we could do this in every market in, in the country for people to start arguing, if they're not happy with their local stations, that their licenses should be taken away and returned to the people so they could give it to someone who's going to do a responsible job with, with the news. And that's when you, when pe a lot of people talk about bringing back the fairness doctrine, the fairness doctrine would fairness not get rid of the cable. News. The fairness doctrine absolutely... is, is about balance. It's this whole balance idea that you could include also, other the people. The fairness doctrine also made it so that if you were doing it, like there has to be news on the radio every, you know, twice right. in an That's hour, right. whatever, you know, things like that. It's about the and content. Yeah. Pucker, like actual news. So one of the things that I think also they tried to do with that fairness doctrine was, no, you know, you couldn't own every station in the market. Now, one big entity can own like five stations in the market, right. or at least three of that's them. Right. And so you control a bunch of news um, in one station, you control everything. And that's not okay. That's just yeah. doesn't, you need variety of voices, you need other people to access those networks, and you need different points of view. Otherwise, you land up with no competition, and you get just propaganda, which is what we're seeing. Well, then take that back to Paul Manafort as well. What did we learn in his indictments outside of the Constantine Kalimnik revelations? Mm. By the way, we still need all the underlying evidence of the Mueller report as yeah, well like as the it. entire I'd Mueller like report it. unredacted. It needs yeah. to be unredacted. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, volume but five the, volume five as well. And yeah. but you know, Paul Manafort, what his the old school craft of running influence ops outside, you know, before the Facebook Cambridge Analytica and whatever becomes of that, right, uh, has become of that, the Amardata, and, the, you know, it's gotten way more sophisticated than even yeah. clunky old Cambridge Analytica, right? But before all of that, before this sort of ability to target and define and refine and drill down into individual profiles and scraping data and all that, it was just, and Paul Manafort was still doing this in Ukraine, and he did it for Donald as well. Um, it was picking up the phone and getting the New York Times or the Washington Post mm -hmm. or Tucker Carlson to run with your version of a story that was written and crafted, you know, especially for print, that was written and crafted by 
paid foreign agents of whatever mm. state, right? So that one big way to actually bring some real uh, integrity back into our news, and I've been saying this as well for years and years, is make far, extend the FARA, right? Extend mm. the Foreign Agent Registration Act to mm. where if you are a news organization, let's say you're cable news, you're print news, and you're going to run in print, they'll run you know, they'll run a piece paid for by by Cutter, right? But mm. you have to go read the whole thing and then you get down the bottom of yeah. it says, this is from a blah, 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 blah. That needs to be right at the top. This person is a paid foreign agent. Mm. They are running a piece of propaganda on behalf of their client. That has to be above with the headline. And then when you go into cable Good news idea. or even broadcast, if someone like Michael Caputo showing up on screen to be an opinionist, right, that it needs to say right above him, right, cab or the Chiron below, paid for an agent of Russia, or whatever it is, right? Yeah, absolutely, or, absolutely. I mean, Twitter does it hold, now. Google does it. Hold the news, right? Hold the news organizations if they knew that if they're going to put somebody on and not vet them, and that that person is unregistered, right, or that they don't put that on there that they actually suffer a violation under that act because they're profiting off of it. They're raising advertising money on it. They're, they're, they're getting circulation. They're getting subscription fees off of it. They're making money off that content that is paid for, crafted, and provided by often a ho hostile foreign power, mm -hmm. maybe even someone who's on a sanction list. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, news orgs, and you don't label it, I just want labels, like the cigarette packs. I'm not trying to infringe anyone's yeah. First Amendment. Just label this fucking shit so people Put it know all over prime time what and they're Fox consuming. News. Well, know what they're consuming, and then if they don't do that, they're going to be uh, hit with these FAR violations. Mm -hmm. And if they do it in coordination and cooperation with hostile foreign actors or people on a uh, on a on an extension list, they're going to get slapped with a fucking RICO uh, as well. Mm -hmm. You're now in a conspiracy to defraud. Mm -hmm. You're making money off of the front. That's that's easy. That's taking our existing laws and expanding it, and it doesn't infringe on anyone's First Amendment. We're just okay. labeling. I'm even okay with infringing on people's First Amendments if there are networks that are being run by foreign agents like Russia Today or Newsmax or whatever. Yeah. You know, honestly, get rid of them. They do not need to be on the airwaves at all. But everyone else, if they're being paid for occasionally, then they should be – absolutely, they should say that. Can I just say one last thing before we go about about the Kalimnik thing today? Because it really struck me that in order for this thing to be held – in secret by the intelligence community and kept away from Trump for uh, presumably the whole term. It must have been all four years that they were holding back a ton of information that they knew was going on. They couldn't, they couldn't tell him because he'd either lose it or he'll fire them. There was a whole structure created around, um, around intelligence and military and a bunch of places by Barack Obama in the last few weeks of his administration, which saved the republic. Because I really believe that what he did then he did two things that were really important. He disseminated a ton of information, like more uh, CIA files and more FBI files than you've ever seen to as far away as places as he could and distributed it so they couldn't be destroyed, but they could also be accessed by as many people as they needed. And then he created sort of a, a substructure which gained some of the authorities that he had that uh, you know were, would have been considered like war powers in some of those you know, in some of earlier administrations and he gave them to the secretaries of defense and their undersecretaries and what, so what that did is it took the power away from donald trump and it also gave him very little access to the real information so that he was able to put the white house the trump white house in a bit of a cocoon 
shielded away from what was really going on. And, and then under that, I think the intelligence community was doing a lot of work and they've been sitting on that work for four years or at least haven't been revealing it publicly. And I think that what we're seeing now with all the consternation on the networks of, oh, when did you know? How did you know it? Well, they knew it all along. And what they what they did is they worked with it and they got it out to as many people as they could. But they were still running a counterintelligence operation underneath Trump without him knowing it. And I think that's all because of President Barack Obama. I really do. And he's brilliant thinking in the last few weeks of, of his administration. So today's up to him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think you just de- described what what got weaponized and called the deep state. But, uh, that's a compliment. They yeah. they knew that they were that this had happened. Uh, uh, the Trump administration and, the, and his cronies, and they flailed about it. And mm. but there was nothing they could do. Um, and then I think it also speaks to the other side of it. Of there's plenty that could have been revealed. Um, I was an advocate for it coming out. I've taken some big hits for that, but I I stand by that because uh, I was talking to people in the intelligence community who were, uh, and, and there were people vocally, even John Brennan, they need to come out and say what they know. They need to come. You had all of these big leaders yeah. at the time throughout 2017, 2018, begging, begging, begging for a lot to come become revealed because of how dangerous that president was. And we knew we knew how dangerous, we knew there would be mass suffering. I don't think anybody could quite tell how what it was gonna show up as. And then now we have a half a million Americans mm. that were needlessly slaughtered by that mm. pen, failed, intentionally failed pandemic response, mm. of which someone needs to be held accountable. That That's the cost of not surfacing information when it could have made a difference. and. We don't really know what the war was um, behind the scenes and how what a fight. I, we do know that our, I have no doubt that our intelligence community was under vicious attack by Trump mm-hmm. and, uh, and his people, constant, constant, constant attack. You know, his first day, it wasn't even his first full day in office. He went to the CIA, Wallace stars mm-hmm. to holy, holy ground, mm-hmm. sacred ground, and he took a dump on it. He really did. He, he was there. They were calling him brown shirts. They were calling him Nazis. So I, 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 I was an advocate, and I, I will always, I will never back off that position of I wish that that information on Donald Trump, there's so much information on him personally, had been surfaced when it needed to be surfaced to stop this man because he was absolutely going to slaughter people, and he absolutely did. But now, if it doesn't end up coming to the surface in the way that it needs to, so that we can have justice and these people can be held accountable. Um, I don't know what's being protected. I don't understand what's being protected by all that secrecy. Well, the one I thing really I just on, on Obama, I think, you know, once he was, they were all anticipating Clinton was going to win. So they weren't needing to, to release yeah. any more information on Trump because they thought he was going to just, you know, not succeed. I think when it became apparent that he was going to win for whatever reasons, obviously now we know Russian help was involved. Uh, the, that's what I'm talking about. His, his actions then oh, no, were yeah, very, very important. Oh, in no, in terms of saving the, he, yeah, and saving the Republic. I agree with you that it would be great to have yeah. a lot more information about Trump earlier on. Uh, of course, yeah, that's a real failing that, that wasn't let's, released. Let's not look. He didn't go public with the Russia stuff with McConnell. He, he bowed to McConnell and didn't go public in July about Trump's involvement with Russia, which he fucking knew about. And he could have he could have made Glenn Kirshner uh, a special counsel the day after Thanksgiving 2016. Mm-hmm. OK, and given a super wide berth, unlimited budget, just go find all, all the criminals and put them away. 
and he didn't do that. Well, he was also the secret bullshit. So I'm not so. You know, knowing the the anger in the community. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, I don't know. I I will say the public almost died because he's fucked up the last year, and I will stand by that. I do Sorry. think, you know, I, I, I think they had him in a bit of a straitjacket too because of the, of whatever disinformation campaigns they were running. So it's not true. Yeah. The president, he was the president from November through January, he had two full months to do stuff. He did that great. He did not go far enough. And then he left and went okay, like and easy to say in windsurfing for two months yeah. in the South Pacific. <laughs> well, I think he felt, he felt that he had secured some stuff. But uh, who, what, what was the key person you just said in there? McConnell. Mm-hmm. McConnell knew. He knew. He knew. They all knew. And he and we they all knew and they still installed that fucker. And then they protected him. They did. And he slaughtered half a million Americans. He slaughtered mm-hmm. them. We've lost way more than half a million. We've lost so many. And but as even the doctor that Frau Burks admitted, right? Finally, that Frau, she admitted, <laughs> right, that it, it's like the first hundred thousand. There's probably nothing we could have done, but everything after that was a preventable death. Well, and that's not even to mention the millions of people infected and what they have to deal with. My voice is never going back. That's a little tiny itty bitty thing, but I was fucking infected. It's not, you know, it changed. It changed something for me. I don't know if it's gonna ch- if I'm gonna deal with this shit in other ways, right? I have no idea. It, a lot of people I, are going to do it. I do. Breaking the glass. We should have broken the glass on him during his presidency and and open up the files and let all the secrets fly. What's the point? What are we what was what were we supposed to be protecting to have this all this secrecy was about at the end of the day making sure that something as catastrophic to the republic like an asset of our enemies intelligence services becoming president of the United States. I would think if there's ever a time to break the glass and and say bring everybody back from the field, we got to tell we got to tell the American people what's going on here. That would have been the the circumstance. We just don't but. have a mechanism to get rid of the presidents other than impeachments. I mean that's what we have. So, you know, we need to either relook at that which is going to be very controversial, but we don't have another way of doing it as far as we know. I don't know. Yeah, but it's you're right. You're right. Hey, we should go. It's, uh, we gotta go. You gotta go. What a fun show! It's Interesting late. stuff. It's our Christmas edition in April because hey, it's been Christmas. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. We. It is nice to be proven right. I mean, even though it's been a, you know a while, it's good that we're we've proven right. Right. I mean, that's a good thing. It's a good thing that we didn't. Uh, you know, I'm trying to find a, a silver lining to this thing, but it is good news that uh, whatever it is the we silver, were saying for four years. Silver lining of the week. Is the sanctions that he hit Russia with? Yeah, that's yeah. the lining. That's true. Although he's also making yeah. friends with them. He's also, what's this? Uh, what's this thing that he's? You know, he's doing this. Um, that what did Clinton have the reset button? I feel like we're reliving the reset button by. We're not reliving the reset. I hope we're not reliving that's the not reset button because it's all this, uh, you know, encroachment and, and friendliness on issue, some issues, but not on these issues, but on that issues. I don't know. It makes me concerned a little bit, but. We'll see. It's I have a lot of faith in this government. Yeah. We'll see. I think, I think there's some really big stakes right now for Ukraine and for the region in other ways, um, in other places, and also for Navalny. And I think, uh, and I'm giving this, right? I don't know. I just think this. I'm trying to be generous right now. I think there's a little bit of a, it's not reset, but it's definitely 
okay, we're going to point to where we could work together to try to pull things back from this very hot, hot moment yeah, absolutely. and not not agitate this this murderer, this mm. mass murderer, right? Um, to try to save some lives here and, and pull things back yeah, from the brink. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. There, that's true. That's true. What a note to end tonight. Uh, thanks very much, everybody. Have a great night. Narrative is funded by viewers like you. Support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative. like you support our independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative